T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. It is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Please follow me on Twitter at Dan Day Radio because today is a Miami Monday. Hashtag Miami Monday. Let me know what makes you so Miami. And if I like it, I may just read it out on the air. Of course, tailoring the show a little more Miami to get you through what is the worst day of the week. So we're going to have music from a Miami artist. Also going to be hearing from the Joe Rose Show. They're talking Dolphins Draft with Tony Pauline. Then we'll get Dan Lebitard and the guys hooking up with John Sally. Here's a taste of that. Unfortunately, we only have three minutes left, and I honestly wish that we had an hour left of show so we could just sink into um, what a poor job we did during that last interview, and uh, those stories were not any good. That is going to be good, even though Dan doesn't agree. Then we'll hear from Hawk and Crowder. Here's what they're talking about. He never should have put on a Washington uniform. He was forced to because Jerry Krause felt like the team is more important than a player, even when the player was Michael Bleepin' Jordan. Whole lot of goodness on the way, and right now I've got a whole lot of headlines for you. Jacksonville is open to trading running back Leonard Fournette. The Dolphins are rumored to be interested. Louisville Slugger has shut down production and furloughed its workers in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic. The Bat Company began operations around 1800. Jimmy Butler bought basketball hoops for his Heat teammates so they can practice during quarantine. The NBA season remains suspended indefinitely. MLS has pushed back the restart of the season to at least June 8th. Inter-Miami still awaits its first home match. Miami defensive end Greg Russo says to expect big things from the U in 2020. Russo had the second most sacks in the NCAA as a redshirt freshman last year with 15 and a half. Derek Jeter will forego his $5 million salary in order to help pay Marlins employees. And now we take a step into the day spa. (sighs) The Bush Beer Company is offering a year's worth of free beer to a select couple who have had to postpone their marriage due to the coronavirus pandemic. Who needs marriage when you got free beer for a year? An ape in India was recently filmed flying a kite. Save us, Dr. Zayas! Save us! A British woman was mortified to find a list of sex positions and toys in a diary she bought for her two-year-old daughter. (laughs) Gotta learn sometime. Why not now? 
Taiwan's Professional Baseball League continues play in front of no fans, but that did not prevent two teams from engaging in a bench-clearing brawl. Hey, that's not good social distancing. It's expected that the intake of cannabis edibles will go up during the coronavirus outbreak, while smoking marijuana will remain steady. Happy 420 Day! Now on to weather. Tonight's forecast calls for rain with temperatures around 80. Now on to the Joe Rose Show. They're talking football. Tony Pauline, what are they talking about? Well, who goes number five overall? Second tier players, any sexy wide receivers and running backs, and who is his sleeper pick? Tony Pauline of Pro Football Network and the Believe Podcast Network going to join us right now. Tony, happy draft week. We're finally here. Thank goodness. It's going to be exciting. going to be very different, that's for sure. Uh, but it'll be exciting. You know what, down here, I feel like the last month that we've been home doing these shows, thought it was impossible to talk so much about Tua and Herbert <laughs> and what might happen in this draft moving up, moving down, don't like either. Injury, the healthy guy, the upside, the downside, uh, the great passing versus the potential passing. So I got to ask you, you're the only guy we haven't talked to here. Uh, Tony, your take on on Tua at five with the Dolphins. Herbert, are, are you buying all the Herbert stuff or you think it's a bunch of garbage? What do you think? Well, first thing with Tua, it, it depends on how the team views his medicals. That's what it comes down to. Every team views the medicals differently. I, I had thought had been told for a, a while that you know they thought they liked Herbert. The word was they liked Herbert a little bit more than Tua. What I'm hearing right now, and I've heard it, I reported it since Friday. We'll have another report out on today on uh, Pro Football Network. Is it looks like right now they could take a position player at five and then maneuver to get Jordan Love with that second pick. Whether they wait with that second pick or they move up, that's what the word is now. Really almost coming from the top. And they've liked Jordan Love for more than two years. I reported two and a half years ago, they were scouting wow. Justin Herbert heavily, and they were, they were scouting uh, Jordan Love just as heavily. Now, this is Mike Tannenbaum was still involved in, in the uh, organization, but so Chris Greer was there, too, and had similar thoughts. The bottom line is this. Give, Dolph- give the Dolphins a lot of credit because they haven't shown their hand. I know people I spoke with from the Justin Herbert camp last week who said, you know, they've not made any overtures towards them that Justin Herbert is their guy. So the Dolphins have done a really good job, and they deserve credit for it, for not showing their hand in this situation. Well, this is the first time we always talk about that. You're exactly right. This is the best job uh, their front office and coaching staff together have done of keeping their mouth shut by far. And uh, I do. I I applaud them for that because usually, Tony, you know our team used to leak out stuff. Hell, by the time it was said, you guys all had it. Every reporter in town had it. So it's been a, a lot different picture around here. Do you buy the? Well, you have the you two- to remember. You you have to remember, and I don't mean to cut you off. No, it's a lot different league wide this year. And the reason is this is because you don't have thirty guys going to the same facility every day talking good this point. and that, and Very you know. Point. So it, it's a lot more difficult this year to get the information because of the situation in the world. The fact that you guys aren't in studio and, and you're at home, and uh, you know maybe we. Should We'll probably know a little bit more this week because the final draft meetings ended last Friday. But I think that's reminiscent of what's going on overall in the league because of the fact that, uh, you know, just the present situation that we're facing. Tony, if uh, your report is correct and they end up doing a position a position pick, not a quarterback pick at five. It's going to be offensive tackle in your mind, you think? I'm told it's very likely to be, or the word is, the uh, word is it's going to be Andrew Thomas of uh, Georgia, the left tackle. You you have those guys I know Zach and I talk about a lot too because the, we, we need more than one 
offensive linemen in this draft. A lot of people think those first six picks, two of them are going to be offensive linemen. Is that your favorite left tackle? How, how do you have, Are the, is yeah. there a group that you feel good about or is there a big drop-off after a couple? How do you look at it, Tony? I, I think Andrew Thomas is head and shoulders the best left tackle in this year's draft. I've always had him ranked wow. near the top. While people were talking about Mickey Becton and Jedrick Wills, if you go back to Pro Football Network, you'll see that I reported there that Andrew Thomas and Tristan Wirfs were number one and two on most of the tackle boards around the league from the, t- from the people I was talking to. I think, in my mind, that changed a little bit with Tristan Wirfs' workout. But they've been far, those two guys have been consistently ranked at the top of my, uh, my draft board because I think, first of all, I prioritize left tackle. I think Andrew Thomas is the best left tackle. Wirfs, obviously, is a tremendous right tackle who may be able to slide over to the left side, especially after that workout. Did play some left tackle last year at Iowa. There's a big drop-off at left tackle after that. You, you go from Andrew Andrew Thomas, who's probably going to fit somewhere in the top 11, if he doesn't fit in the top five, to Ezra Cleveland uh, of, of Boise State, Austin Jackson of USC, who are bottom third of round one guys. Dolphins obviously um, are in the market for the left tackle. With, with, do you think that in, with all this said and all these rumors coming out and everything, could Tua drop lower? You know, Can he get out of the top 10 because guys are scared? Or do you definitely think he's going to be a guy taken in that top 10, even top 8 of this draft? I'd be shocked if Tua drops because there's got to be some point in time where the reward outweigh, outweighs the risk. And the fact is this, Tua is still my number one rated quarterback in this draft slightly over Joe Burrow, primarily because he's the best pure passer. I mean, hands down, he's the best pure passer. He's a better downfield passer. He also has a much greater body of work. Now, it's all, as I said, all how teams view the medicals. And when teams look at the medicals, they're looking at it as much, will he be able to play not so much in 2020, but 2025, 2026. They're looking to see if the guy's going to be a second contract player. Um, I, I think what's going to, what will happen with Tua is eventually the reward will outweigh the risk. And if somehow he starts to slide out of 10, a team like the Cleveland Browns or somebody who wants to trade down, you're going to see the Oakland Raiders move up and, and grab him. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen with Tua, but stranger things have happened. We've uh, we've talked so much about those top uh, couple of quarterbacks, Love and Herbert and Tua and, of course, Joe Burrow. Talk about the second tier of guys. Is there anybody else out there? We got a guy down here in James Morgan from FIU, uh, played for Butch Davis. Uh, do you see him getting drafted at some point and some of the other guys you might like? Morgan is absolutely going to get drafted. Morgan has, is moving up draft boards in the sense that he is probably the top of that third tier of quarterbacks. You got Burrow, you you got Tua, you got Burrow, you've got Justin Herbert, you got Jordan Love. Then there's a fall off. You got Jacob Beeson and Jalen Hurts. Then there's a fall off, and you got James Morgan, who's probably going to be selected somewhere at the start of day three, somewhere in the fourth round. Jake uh, Jake Fromm wow. of um, Jacob Fromm of uh, Jake Fromm of Georgia is sort of the wild card. I've seen him go anywhere from late third to the fifth round. I have him more towards the latter. I'm not a big Jake Fromm fan. But I absolutely think that Morgan is a guy who's going to be drafted much earlier than people think. He's a smart guy. He's a great interview. He's, he's got a live arm. He performed brilliantly during three days of practice at the uh, Shrine Game. I mean, the last time I saw a quarterback play that well during Shrine Game practices was Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, eight years ago, whenever it was. And then James Morgan went on and probably had one of the most understated and underrated 
passing workouts at the combine. I mean, he was right on the money with the combine with the difficult throws, the deep outs to the right and to the left. So, yeah, I, I think he's a guy who brings a lot of leadership. I know the New England Patriots like him. I know the New York Jets who don't need a starting quarterback but want a young backup there also like him. Wouldn't be surprised to me if James Morgan comes off the board in the fourth round. How about that? Out of good old FIU, man. Nice story. Hey, this uh, this town of uh, wide receiver guys, uh, looks like there's going to be a bunch of them going to first round and second round. We have an order on those guys. Do we know for sure who's the first guy taken off the board uh, at, at wide receiver? The way it seems now is, do we know? No. It's either going to be Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb. Uh, one of those two. It depends on what your preference is. If you're looking for the main, for the game breaker, it's going to be Jerry Judy. If you're looking for the slightly sturdier, more sure-handed, run-after-the-catch guy, it's going to be C.D. Lamb. There are different types of receivers. Judy's a guy who has been a big play threat at Alabama for three years. Solid pass catcher, runs good routes. If there's any space, uh, he's leaving. My concerns with Jerry Judy is he needs space to work. He's not good in confined quarters. He's not good in the crowd. I've seen Jerry Judy time and time again finish plays by running out of bounds because he's not a physical receiver, which to me is a, is a red flag, but he brings that ability to you know, hit the home run, where C.D. Lamb isn't as fast as, as uh, Jerry Judy, neither for the stopwatch or game speed, uh, but he, you know, he'll fight in a crowd to come away with the reception, which he usually does. He's exceptional running after the catch. You know, the thing with C.D. Lamb is he's got to transfer, uh, he's got to transition from uh, that offense in Oklahoma into an NFL-type offense. Sometimes not, that's not the easiest thing in the world. I look at this receiver class, you know, we talked about the offensive tackle class. I think the offensive tackle class is much, much stronger at the top, where I, you know, I don't think there are any exceptional receivers at the top of this year's draft. But really, when you get into the late part of round one through the fourth round, there's going to be a ton of receivers there, a ton of real good receivers there. Tony, what about, we talked about obviously offensive tackles, quarterbacks, and wide receivers. You're going to have a running back or two slip into that first round, or are we going to see a, a gluttony of them picked in that second round? Because I, I feel like there's yeah, a lot of names out there, but I don't see a lot of first-round guys out there. Yeah, I mean, the only first-round guy or solid first-round guy is DeAndre Swift of Georgia, on my board anyway. Uh, and he may slide out. He may not uh, be selected in the first round. I think he'd be a perfect fit for the Dolphins if they go quarterback with that first selection and then go offensive tackle with that second selection or you know something like that. But again, with running backs, you never know. I mean, because teams feel they can get them later on. And Jonathan Taylor is a fringe late first round pick. He's probably going to go early second round. Really, right now, I think the only guy who has a real legitimate shot, or you could say is 50-50 to go in round one, is DeAndre Swift. I think he has a solid first-round grade. It's just what teams need running backs and what and what team would take a running back in the first round. Tony, give us a guy to watch that's going to move up that nobody's talking about because we have been talking about uh, a lot of players like, oh, like from the top five and six schools got a lot of guys in this first round and into the second round. How about another guy that might jump up that we're not as familiar with that, that might go pretty high in this draft. I think you keep an eye on Denzel Mims, the receiver from Baylor. I mean, when I've talked to teams, they feel that Denzel Mims, when you look at his size, you look at his speed, you look at his pass-catching skill, he's really the complete package at receiver, although he's not there yet. He's not as refined as a C.D. Lamb. He doesn't play to his 40 time like a, a Jerry Judy. It's about coaching Denzel Mims uh, to, to play to his 40 time. Had a good senior year, had a trem- three tremendous days of senior bowl practice, 
just blew the combine away, ran the 4-3, jumped, I believe, was like 41 inches. And it's just a matter of coaching him to play. And like C.D. Lamb, he comes out of that Baylor system, so he's got to transition to an NFL system. I know that the Miami Dolphins like Denzel Mims a lot. I don't know where he, they, where they would take him. But I think Denzel Mims, who came into the season with fourth, fifth round grades, is going to end up somewhere bottom third of round one and go a lot earlier than people think. Tony, this draft uh, looks a lot stronger in a second round. Do you like this this draft in the first couple rounds? Well, it depends on the position. I, I like it. I, I love it at the top at the offense top. Really, the first uh, first round with the thirty uh, at the offensive tackle position. I think you got some decent offensive tackles in the second round. I obviously we talked about the receiver position as everyone has. I think it's a very mediocre tight end draft. I think it's a very poor offensive guard class. I think it's a good, good center class. Edge rushers, not that good overall. Defensive tackles, I mean, we got, it, it depends on the position. Right. Decent, cor- Fair decent enough. corners, terrible safeties. We need a lot of players, a lot of different positions, Tony. I should have started with that, as you know, with this, uh, with this team after last year, right? I, I think there's a lot of teams in that boat. Uh, but, uh, you know, they've got the picks. And you, you, you build through the draft, and, you know, they've made some smart moves. So uh, they've got the ammunition. If you're looking for receivers, if you're looking for centers, uh, you know, p- players like that, you're looking for some uh, corners, which they, I don't know that they really need, you're going to be able to find them uh, really, really through the uh, third and fourth round. Well, listen, we appreciate you coming on, Tony. Thank you so much, man. Great stuff this morning, as always. Uh, and thanks, and uh, have a great draft, man. I know we've all been looking forward to having something. I think this draft's going to be a home run when we look at the numbers that uh, people are going to be interested. So thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. The sports world right now ruled by the draft and Michael Jordan. Joe Rose, they just took care of the draft part of it. Next, Dan Lebitard. He's going to be joined by John Spider, Sally, who knows Michael Jordan, but did it go as planned? Unfortunately, we only have three minutes left, and I honestly wish that we had an hour left of show so we could just sink into um, what a poor job we did during that last interview, and uh, those stories were not any good. In five minutes, you'll hear the rest of that. Plus, it is Miami Monday, so a Miami artist. We'll be playing you back in just five minutes away here on the Best of the Joe Show. This is the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I'm Dan Day. Follow me on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. Hashtag Miami Monday. Let me know what makes you so Miami. If I like it, I'll read it out on the air. I definitely like what I'm hearing right now. Miami Monday. So I got a Miami artist for you, Dirtbag, featuring Timbaland. Here we go. Just play this the rest of the hour. Dirtbag, legend here in Miami-Dade from Carroll City. How you liking that, baby? Dirtbag, featuring Timbaland. Here we go. Oh, here we go with the Dan Lebitard Show. They are once again joined by John Spider, Sally. What are they talking about? MJ, simply the best. Also, Sally pushes his products. Rodman stories. Rodman being Rodman. I like it being weird. And then Dan and the guys, they admit it. They suck.
So John Sally has a unique perspective, really, because he played against Jordan with those Pistons teams that were beating him and beating him up, and he played with Jordan, and he's a great storyteller. And the last time he was on with us, and we need him to top this story, Stugatz, because this is a good one. It's one of the best we've heard on our show, but he's got a bunch of them. I mean, he played with Rodman, played with Shaq. So here's the story he told us last time about being in the company of a lot of funny and interesting and important people. So I'm at the Kentucky Derby, and Dave Chappelle is there, and Chris Tucker are standing next to each other. And Michael Jordan's to my left, and we're in the booth. Dr. J's behind me. And he goes, Sal, Sal, right here. Here's your man, Michael Jordan right here, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan. And he goes, no, no, he goes, no, no, answer. Now, off to the right is Charles Oakley, who, if you don't know, is Michael's security guard forever and didn't like so I look at Michael and I said, wait, at 27 years old? You go, whatever, 27. I put my hand on Michael's shoulder and I go, at 27 years old, young boy would have given you the business. And out of the blue, Charles Oakley comes and punches me in the stomach. <laughs> yes! When, but I mean, I mean, the way he wanted to hit Dolan. Not the way, not the way he was pushing security guard. He unleashed on me, Dan. Such a good story, so Stugat. So good. John Sally with us on ESPN Radio. Uh, did you learn anything you didn't know last night, John? And thank you for joining us because certainly you had a more intimate look at this time period than most of us. Yes, and I appreciate you having me on for free again. What I learned <laughs> is that Michael Jordan <laughs> is the best player to ever play in the NBA. Now, I, it sounds crazy that you go, yeah, of course. But I have been saying otherwise so many years that I had to sit back. You know, I'm in the cannabis business. So while I was enjoying some Deuces 22, I said, what was I thinking? Like, this guy was the best ever. And I, I'm watching it. And I guess because I was playing in Detroit and we were trying to win championships and we had, you know, we had our, our, our um, shine in, in the light that I wasn't paying as much attention because I was always trying to beat him up. But I, I had to go back and realize that this guy really is the best player to ever play in the NBA. And I have sat with Oscar Robinson and Dr. J, and I say, I always give you guys props, and they go, thanks, Sal, thanks. But I had to go back and revise my thoughts. And I've been saying it, I don't know, 20 years, that he is the best player in the 90s. I even said it on this show. I think he... Seeing what he has done, what the NBA has become because of Michael, he's the greatest player to ever play. Your relationship with Rodman was a fascinating one because um, you you being traded was part of why he fell apart, was it not? Like, he was so close to you and Chuck Daly. Um, and that's how I'm remembering it anyway. And you remember a shy, shy kid in Detroit. I can't even imagine what you made of the character he became by the time he got into Chicago. No, I, I always knew he was different. He's been my roommate since we were um, in college and we were in Hawaii at the um, at the uh, top 50 players. He was my roommate then, right before we became a pro. The last thing I said to him is that, hey, I see you in the pros. He's always, always, always been on the cutting edge, meaning he's been different before anybody else thought it was. Like he was the last person really allowed to be and hang around kids. I know it sounds crazy, but he used to go when we were rookies and in the afternoon after practice and go play video games at the arcade. If somebody were to do that now, they'd be like, oh, Pizzagate. I mean, this dude was always ahead of something. You're right. 
I was around him when he was just quiet, quiet, quiet dentist all the time. To the point where when I went to Miami, he said, I was just going to be a family if you can trade people and fire people. He just didn't like the establishment. I always say he became himself. And whatever planet Dennis is from, the king has a rising. So I said has a rising. I wasn't going to say something else. You, you, you felt like you nailed the dismount with Horizon, and then you realize, oh, no, I stumbled at the end. And that's why these appearances remain free, John Sally. It's why and I thought not. you nailed the you dismount. Know, I mean, hey, I want as much as your dad makes. That has to be a lot. John, can you, like, can you articulate the, the Dennis Rodman with the Pistons, okay, that you played with, as opposed to the Dennis Rodman that played with Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls? Two different people. What were the changes? How did he change? Oh, my God confidence uh he had his confidence was entirely his personal confidence was entirely different when i was on chicago he had uh he had more people around him he had security he had um a manager at the time they started a company called dennis rodman always in the spotlight and he would he would come alive then he realized he was bigger than he ever thought he was and then uh, people did like him it wasn't just trying to take something from him. He also became much of a better basketball player. I know that's hard to even imagine, but he knew how many rebounds. We would check this out. I got to the game and Dennis would be in the in the in the um in the gym riding the bike watching video. Not video games, watching video of who we were going to play. He knew when you shot from a certain place when he was going to go get the rebound. And he was like, "Yo, I'm going to he going to get 30 points. I'm going to get 30 rebounds." And and would go do it leave and go to the crowbar which was a would have been a really good restaurant on south beach back in 1988 do you have a favorite rodman story yeah i got a bunch of them it was this crazy thing uh you know dennis has this thing for some reason madonna bought him a watch but he doesn't really pay attention to everyone else's time we were waiting on him on the bus on the plane, uh, because anybody else, if you're late for the plane, the plane's going to leave you. We're not leaving Dennis. So, you know, just take that into account. To the point where we started, I think Chuck started telling him that the plane was leaving at 430 just so he would get there by 5. He gets there, he's rushing, he gets on the plane, and he has this, uh, these jeans on with holes ripped in them and shredded, and he has on combat boots, and he has on this, this cool sweater jacket. And I look at him, and I go, you all right, man? Yeah, man, I had to rush to get here. I said, what happened? Like, did you get in a car accident? Like, you fall off your bike or something? He was like, nah, this is the style. I go, holes in your jeans at the knee and at the thighs is the style. Yeah. I said, bro, that is not a style. I'm a stylist guy. I think I have three pair of jeans with holes in Dennis Rodman was doing it in 1989 when nobody knew that this was going to be the thing and that's the cleanest story you're going to get yeah, well that's the thing I, I wanted all the other ones yes and you didn't give me any of them. well it, i i have a suggestion here if sally's coming on okay every day okay, this okay, week, okay i'll give you no, another one i'll give you another one dad I, I was gonna give you time sal i mean i was gonna i was okay. gonna have you get the best four stories and give one a day now till friday so Oh, 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 I'm working the whole week. All right, so listen. <laughs> when we were rookies, when we were rookies, uh, we were in a, in a nice city um, that a lot of people didn't like going to, Sacramento. And uh, we, you know, we meet people after the game or whatever. We meet people, and when I get, we got to get on the bus because we're flying commercial. So the rookies got to carry everything. So when I, I'm on the bus seven o'clock in the morning, they're like, "Sal, where's Rook?" I said, "I don't know." They go, "Well, you got to know. You're a rookie. Go get him." When we got back to the back to the bus, he had on a trench coat, a tie, 
pants, no socks, running in bed and shoes. And we got on a bus, everybody was laughing. And he was like, what happened? He just overslept. How do you oversleep in Sacramento? Well, he gets there. And he shows me pictures. The first pictures the girl who he was hanging out with gave him was Polaroid pictures that she was sending to Playboy. So after I passed him around the the, the, the bus so everybody can uh, see why he was late, everybody was like, what part of the club was she in? And he was sitting there looking at these pictures like we were at war. And somebody had sent him a letter and looking at it was she was fine. She literally got him fined fifty dollars, which is not a lot of money. It is when you only make a hundred thousand. But that is the closest one, and I'll leave the girl's name out. All right, see you later, John. Good talking to you. Thanks for being on with us. Hey, man, I'm going to send you some no bill, uh, no dairy ice cream because I want you guys to go vegan. I'm gonna have okay. Steve Nudelberg make sure you get it. No bull. All right, let's do All it. Right. I have to do my nice own. Time. I have to do my own. I have to push my own stuff. I'm not getting paid to be on this show. I know. I know. You mentioned show. that. Yes, you mentioned that. Okay, <laughs> we'll <laughs> talk to you tomorrow. Also Thanks, unpaid. But, yes. Unfortunately, we only have three minutes left, and I honestly wish that we had an hour left of show so we could just sink into um, what a poor job we did during that last interview, and uh, those stories were not any good. And I feel bad saying that because John Sally is nice enough to do this for free, but I hyped him too much at the beginning of that interview, and I cannot lie to our audience, Dugats, and you've now trapped us into having to do that interview again and again because in the middle of it you decided to sign a week-long contract with john sally it was also my idea to play because the best part of that interview was not something he said today it was something he said on friday and it was my idea to play that beforehand to really ratchet up the expectations well that's the other thing that sound took 40 minutes to get to bristol somehow we've got so many handcuffs on us up here so billy what are you doing you're shaking your head why don't worry about John Sally tomorrow. He's doing Sports Center, so he can't join us. Of course. Okay. So Sports Center has come in and taken John Sally from us. And it's frankly, it's a good thing, Sue Gods, because that's, those three stories weren't any good. And John, and I, and I sold him as a great storyteller. And then yeah. it took us 40 minutes to get that story to Bristol, but it was a good story, indisputably. And, um, I feel like you could have told better stories on Rodman and you didn't play with him. Yeah, probably. But now you know what's going to happen. He has some time to think about it. He has some time, you know, to think about the language. He is going to deliver some gems on Sports Center tomorrow. <laughs> Can't lie to the audience, though, Stugatz. That was uh, that was not good. That's as hacky as anything you and I have ever done together. That is just you. You did your fake over laughing. Yeah, I had to. <laughs> and, I mean, and, well, you had to because yeah. I wasn't supporting you there because I was sinking into these stories aren't any good. I mean, this this guy. I promoted his ice cream industry, his cannabis <laughs> business, uh, all while telling bad stories. <laughs> really? Nasty class. And now what's happened? We burned the bridge to Sally <laughs> by ripping him the moment he leaves. But I cannot go, it cannot go unstated that the last 12 minutes of radio were not good. We went long with him. <laughs> An extra couple of minutes to try to fish out a good story. It's the hackiest thing. He was trying to fish out a good story. We were trying to fish out a good story. And all we did was make the mountain of poop higher. Just more and more poop. And now Sports Center's gonna steal him. Now Sports Center's gonna steal him. He's gonna give them all the good stories. All we're we gonna be, all we're
we're going to have here is your trailing fake laughter. <laughs> Spider Sally might not have delivered, but Stu Gotts did. Ha 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 Want to laugh? Listen to Hawk and Crowder weekdays from 3 to 6 here on 560 The Joe. We're going to hear from them in about five minutes. Let's get a little dip. He never should have put on a Washington uniform. He was forced to because Jerry Krause felt like the team is more important than a player, even when the player was Michael Bleepin' Jordan. Michael Bleepin' Jordan. All that and more. Plus, we're going to come back with some more Miami music because it is Miami Monday on the Best of the Joe Show. Dirtbag Joe Vicious. My fans won't let me stop, so I can't stop. Gorilla back with the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day on a Miami Monday, so you know what we're doing. We're tailoring the show just a little extra Miami to get you through the worst day of the week. Here is Carol City's own dirtbag. This is Blueface. Yes, indeed. Spitting those bars. Gotta love that. Helping you get through that Monday. Miami Mondays. Only good thing about Mondays. Dirtbag. Throwing it down. Speaking of throwing it down, Hawk and Crowder do that every day from 3 to 6 right here on 560 The Joe. If you missed them earlier, I got you covered. They're talking about The Last Dance, MJ versus LeBron. And now, I'll tell you what, watching that show last night, that documentary, that brought me back, man. Like, I, I don't know, I haven't even talked to you guys about it. Uh, Crowder, did you watch the, uh, the what, what was it called, The Last Dance on ESPN last night? Yes, and on the second hour, I was, you know, I was a little tired because it was about 1 a.m., so I rewatched it this morning. It is one of the best documentaries I've watched in a long time. I was wondering how someone, and what about you, Solana? Have you watched it? Yeah, watched both episodes last night live. Yeah, I was wondering how someone, because I grew up in Chicago, grew up as a Michael Jordan fan, and we had season tickets before Michael was there when they were showing the empty stadium, and now I'm kind of putting it together. You know, I, I always thought my dad was very impressive that he had such great season tickets for us. But now I realize and there was no one going. I mean, it was like it was like getting you know season tickets to the Jupiter Hammerheads game. <laughs> but I was always very impressed by it. But we like we had season tickets when you know you saw it was like Orlando Woolridge. They showed him a couple times. I don't think he got any uh, any mention, but they showed Orlando Woolridge like it was Orlando Woolridge's team. And then all of a sudden Michael came to town, and that uh, that entire city changed. And I was saying, uh, well, a couple things. I was wondering how someone who didn't grow up around it reacted to watching it. Like, I watched it just, I melted it for two hours last night because it was a, a trip through memory lane for me. And, you know, Michael, to me, is always the GOAT. Um, so you you guys watched it, too. Like, Crowder, like, it moved you. Oh, yeah. And and it's to the fact that we, we it's so much limited information on Michael mm-hmm. Jordan, who people mm-hmm. call the GOAT, and he's my go, he's the GOAT in my mind, and he revolutionized basketball, the shoes. We just all know what Michael did. When they said that they let a camera crew follow him around that whole year, in the beginning, I was like, hmm, how much are we going to see? Bro, this is better than any social media you can ever get a part of with a Michael yep. Jordan. And, and how about him. the fact, how about the fact that they wouldn't, 
release the the video of it till now like yeah. they've had it under lock and key and he was never certain if he wanted it released and like i it's it just i i'm i'm telling you i i had chills watching that thing last night yeah and then i mike came out and said he, a lot of people are gonna hate him for you know it, it might get worse in the next eight episodes but why would you hate michael for what you saw right the man was, he was just passionate as hell about winning at anything he does in life bro yeah I'm, i i got chills and you were a lot closer than i was to it yeah it was something you liked it solana I did. Um, I didn't. I, I was four years old in '98, so I, I know about Michael Jordan. I've watched highlights. I didn't know all the backstories, the Jerry Krause uh, drama happening behind the scenes. I just don't remember it. My biggest takeaway, though, wow, guys, that that tough '80s defense everybody's always talking about really didn't seem so tough in those videos yesterday. I got to be honest. Well, there, there's a funny thing going on on social media where people are going, "Oh, the defense." Uh, perhaps Michael was really good. Yeah. yeah. And so the defenders looked like there wasn't a chance to defend him because watch the Bad Boys documentary if you want to see the tough defense that you think miraculously wasn't there all of a sudden. Yeah, LeBron it was or, Le- LeBron or, or, never would have been able to withstand hand-checking for a full 82-game season, guys. I really took that away from yesterday's documentary. I, really. I, will, I will say this. I will say this. I made a, uh, a vow to myself because I, I saw some stupid people on Twitter trying to make the argument that, like, oh, my God, I mean, this was he's not he's not that special because the defense is so easy and I you know I've been telling you Crowder he's been luring you in with awful lures I haven't paid one second of attention on Twitter and social media about people trying to figure out well I mean anyone could have done that nowadays against that defense okay if that's your take okay yep Turned on ESPN this morning. Uh, Greeny, Big Swagoo, Jay Will, and Jalen were doing LeBron versus Jordan. And I said, not today, fellas. Not today, <laughs> devil. Not today, devil. I enjoyed the documentary. I'm yeah. not going to let y'all pull me in this today. Not yep. today, Solana. Not I'm today, you this today, Solana. I'm with you. Not today, not ever. I love watching that guy play. I mean, man, some of those, just the head fakes that you weren't seeing back in that day. And then a step back mid-range jumper. It was just it's a work of art and I, I i'm so excited to see the next eight, eight episodes and i'm with you like the notion that people were gonna hate him after this thing i don't get it like to me he's he looked like i thought it was pretty cool he went golfing with danny ainge and people talk about oh they didn't do that back in the day oh they did yeah. and then he made the celtics pay for it even though it was a loss but he made the celtics pay for it the next game like i i just thought the whole thing was fascinating i'm really Drop. uh really into it Yes, and and like I'm saying, just the 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 off the court stuff. Because I thought it was gonna, I honestly thought it was gonna be a basketball thing, all about the basketball, the continuity, and then you know, okay, now it's starting to slip. You knew there was gonna be some drama. Be hell, it's it's ten hours. There has to be some kind of drama. But the backstory with Kraus, I didn't know the the what is it, uh, Reindorf and Kraus. Reindorf, yeah. Ryan, I didn't know all that stuff. I didn't even know this was a story. I didn't know that what was it, Mister Smackens were in um in Space Jams. <laughs> how the GM like he well, did it, it was funny. Krause. It was funny because um the the whole notion because nowadays, you know, we wait till the end of the season and we have all these guesses. Oh, is he going to leave? Is he going to stay? This was pretty amazing in that going into that season, you knew it was the final season together. Going into it, you knew the, the, it was the final season. That was the most surprising thing out of 2 hours last night is when Phil Jackson 
told the story that Krause told him, if you win 82, you go 82 <laughs> and 0, this is the last season, this is together. I don't care what y'all do. That was mind-blowing to hear that come out of Phil's mouth. Right? And then to have a, a player like Scottie Pippen make a trade demand in the, in the middle of the season, there's six seasons, and obviously it doesn't happen. You know, he wins the ring with them. He yeah. doesn't get traded. But yeah, just unbelievable drama. Well, Krause was running a business, but he yes. was even... Uh, Early on in his tenure, he was just an unlikable guy. I, uh, I, I, I just, you know, I, I remember having awful feelings about him. You know, there, there's, I mean, we've said this before. Michael Jordan never, never should have donned another team's uniform ever. Certainly back in those days, right? It's not like today. He never should have put on a Washington uniform. He was forced to. Because Jerry Krause felt like the team is more important than a player, even when the player was Michael Bleepin' Jordan. But uh, history repeats itself because we went through something down here with Pat and LeBron. That was quite similar. Dwayne Wade shouldn't have wore Chicago Bulls and Cleveland Brown. I mean, Cleveland uh, Cavaliers. Correct. Jersey. Correct. Very and that was Riley's Riley's mistake. Very similar, cause LeBron's the team. LeBron's the team. No, LeBron, you're not bringing all your friends to games. You're not going to have the entire front row. You're not going to get all the parking spots. This is an organization. This isn't LeBron's team and them. It it was a. I was watching it too, bro. I saw a lot of comparisons to the big three. And I I will tell you this too. Look at what the Bulls have been since Michael left. Because it's not pretty, you know. Not they had Derrick Rose uh, for a for a brief MVP season, Joe, but Joe uh, Kim Noah. Now don't don't disrespect <laughs> my Gator now. Joe Kim Noah. Um, <laughs> if you're like me, you just cannot get enough Michael Jordan. And if you're like me, you like to party. So here's Michael Jordan on partying. I had one event preseason. I think we were in Peoria. Is in a hotel. So I'm trying to find my teammates. So I start knocking on doors. I get to this one door and I knock on the door, and I could hear someone says. Shh, Someone's outside. And then you hear this deep voice says, who is it? I says, MJ. Uh, and then they all say, oh, he's just a rookie. Don't worry about it. So they open up the door. I walk in and practically the whole team was in there. And it was like things I've never seen in my life as, as a young kid. You, you got all, you got your lines over here. You got your weed smokers over here. You got your women over here. So the first thing I said, look, man, you know, I'm out, you know, because all I can think about is if they come and raid this place right about now, I am just as guilty as everybody else has had this in this room. And from that point on, you know, I was more or less on my own. Michael Jordan, in my estimation, the greatest basketball player of all time. I know I'm not on an island when it comes to that. But pretty much done for today. Happy 420 Day. Celebrate however you want to celebrate. I'm not going to judge you. It has been a Miami Monday. Hashtag Miami Monday at Dan Day Radio. Let me know what makes you so Miami. If I like it, I'll read it out on the air. Had some great music from Dirtbag and just had a good time. That's kind of what we do here every day between 6 and 7 o'clock on 560 The Joe. Run back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Better known as the best of the Joe show. Later, slug. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.